Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 5 Give ear to my words, O Lord. Give heed to my sighing. Listen to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I plead my case to you and watch. If you are not a God who delights in wickedness, evil will not sojourn with you. The boastful will not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors bloodthirsty and deceitful. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in awe of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouths. Their hearts are destruction. Their throats are open graves. They flatter with their tongues. Make them bear their guilt, O Lord. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of their many transgressions, cast them out. For they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, so that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover them with favor as with a shield. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 21 through 33. The wise of heart is called perceptive, and pleasant speech increases persuasiveness. Wisdom is a fountain of life to one who has it but folly is the punishment of fools. The mind of the wise makes their speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to their lips. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Sometimes there is a way that seems to be right, but in the end it is the way to death. The appetite of workers works for them, their hunger urges them on. Scoundrels concoct deceit, and their evil speech is like a scorching fire. A perverse person spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. The violent entice their neighbors and lead them in a way that is not good. One who winks the eyes plans perverse things. One who compresses the lips brings evil to pass. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. One who is slow to anger is better than the mighty and one whose temper is controlled, and one who captures a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but the decision is the Lord's alone. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands before they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father and mother must surely die. But you say that whoever tells father and mother, whatever support you might have had from me is given to God, then that person need not honor the father. 
So, for the sake of your tradition, you make void the word of God. You hypocrites! Isaiah prophesied rightly about you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. Good morning and welcome to the 23rd Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 5, Proverbs 16, and Matthew 15. Uh, and uh, they're, despite my um, frustration at Proverbs, um, it did have a couple of gems uh, in there. Um, a reminder of, um, I actually thought of gray hair is the crown of wisdom. Uh, I don't have gray hair, but um, this morning in the, in the midst of a very contentious election, um, yesterday I think I mentioned I um, served as an election judge uh, in Walkersville. And um, it, I didn't quite realize how tiring it would be, not necessarily emotionally or spiritually, but just physically. It was a 16-hour day. 16 hour day. Uh, we got there set up at 5.30, and I didn't, I don't think I walked out of there until about 9.30. Um, and it definitely had me thinking of, like, 72-hour ops and some of the, you know, some of the stuff they put you through in the military um, because of just, like, how, um, <laughs> I mean, nothing was all that stressful. It was just so tiring. Um, but it was a reminder, um, or rather, uh, it wasn't until I got there um, in the morning um, after we set up that I realized the last time I supported uh, an election was in Mosul, Iraq, in January 2005. And it was really meaningful me, meaningful for me, um, and I, I, I don't know exactly why I waited this long to get involved in uh, election support, um, but it, I don't know, it was just really powerful, um, but also I felt um, sadness or something, something like sadness uh, or tragedy or something in that that one, with the exception of a grenade being thrown at our position, um, was rather uncontroversial. Um, sure, there were detractors, but for the most part, like the election was accepted. The, you know, there's there were people attacking voters, um, but it was a lot less controversial or less bad than we thought um, going into the election in Iraq. And um, and I think I had fears, not necessarily in Walkersville, Maryland, but fears in general of intimidation or something. And I found myself looking, I was a line manager, and so I found myself looking for weapons because I don't know what this Maryland state law is about um, taking weapons uh, to polling places. But we were also at a high school, which I imagine also has certain restrictions. Um, I just, I'm, you know, I think I... I don't think it's uncommon or I don't think it's any secret that um, there's, I, I think my concerns are not, you know, necessarily a minority. Um, and I think 
the the propensity that some Americans have shown for doing things for bad reasons, like pretty provocative and dangerous things for no good reason, on, I think on both sides of the aisle, but most especially um, some of the some of President Trump's supporters are especially worrisome. Um, and so it was with a certain amount of sadness, as I said, that I felt compelled, I felt it necessary. Um, but I also, I also wonder why, like, I haven't participated in, um, you know, in election support in some way since Iraq. I, I don't know. Um, I now find myself doing a lot of things that elderly retirees would do because I received disability compensation. Um, and so that's why, that's maybe why uh, the proverb about gray hair kind of stood out. Um, but it also had things in there that made me concerned um, about the way that the, the Republican Party as it currently exists. I think a lot of them, I think the two-party system lends itself to special concern um, because when, you know, say in the United Kingdom where Laura and I lived for a year, um, there's, you know, there's a plurality of parties um, and whatever party gains the majority, they choose the prime minister and then they have to literally go around getting support. They have to get support because if they don't, the other parties will just overpower them with everything they want to do. And when there's only two parties, every third party, as though that's a thing, becomes, you know, nothing, little more than a vote splitter. Um, and it's just, it's really unfortunate. I think the Republicans under Mitch McConnell, um, I don't think it's President Trump. I think Trump is more like the symptom rather than the, the disease. And the disease, I think, is greed. Um, the disease, I think, is control or the desire to control um, and the willingness to, to violate tradition, to violate uh, established norms of the Senate, of governance. Um, so this morning as I record, it, sat, it looks likely that the Senate will remain in Republican control. And um, if Biden becomes president, I mean, there's certain things that, um, that Biden could do as the head of the executive, but unless the Senate becomes a whole lot less, or I should say, unless the parties become a whole lot less partisan, um, uh, Biden would need the Senate to do a lot of things that he would want to do. Um, we've already, you know, apart from the presidency, the executive branch, when, uh, as the, the Republicans have held the Senate and the Democrats have held the House, very little has gotten done. Um, I mean, they're I feel like sometimes they're just collecting a paycheck. Um, and so the reading from Matthew um, made me think of that. You know, the tradition of our elders is, is being undermined. Um, that, you know, we, certain party officials, I don't know the Democrats really harp on tradition as much as the Republicans, but tradition is clearly not a thing. Um, you know, with Merrick Garland and um, simply refusing to hold a hearing so that um, a, a Supreme Court seat could be filled, contrasted with rushing through at least the most recent Supreme Court justice, um, that, that 
that's a problem. Like that's not what our traditions are. And um, I think McConnell in particular, who's won re-election as far as I can tell, um, and the party that he is kind of de facto leading, um, McConnell has shown that he is much more interested in regaining, uh, retaining control um, at any cost. And so when Obama had a, uh, a vacancy, he said, oh, you know, we should let the people decide. But now he's, it's, it's been exposed as just words, literally nothing more than the air leaving his lungs. Um, and so that's what stood out to me when we hear of the tradition of the elders in Matthew 15, um, about honoring God and tradition and, and the ways of, of our society with our lips, but our hearts being far from that same tradition. Um, and I think, you know, at 7.35 in the morning, the way that the election appears to be going, even, I mean, I don't know, even if either things stay the same, which is the Senate stays in Republican control and President Trump wins re-election, uh, but the House remains in Democrat control, um, or perhaps um, Trump loses re-election and Biden is president, but the Senate retains control of the Senate. Um, it just seems that doesn't, I, I can't imagine that quells very many people's fears at all on either side of the political spectrum. Um, uh, Republicans, because you know Trump has lost, um, but the Senate stays in their control. Um, or if re Republicans retain control of the executive and the Senate, then um, you know there's still the same old thing that we had for the last two years, which is Democrat House control and, and executive and Senate uh, in Republican control. And so this division, um, I don't know what it would have looked like for that to have been resolved, I think there would be a lot of people who would be frustrated if the Senate went Democrat and the presidency did as well. Um, but it would, it seems, be supported by a, a majority of Americans, even if the most vocal Americans would be really anxious and, and have some apparent, you know, some perceived uh, reason to, to be alarmed. Um, but what concerns me most is the trampling of the traditions and the disregard for, um, you know, democratic, the democratic Republican, uh, you, know, you know, the, the constitutional system that we have with a two party system is what really makes me nervous. And the, the willingness of any party, uh, when they have power to, to just ignore, our traditions and our history and, and what we stand for um, in the pursuit of remaining in control and getting what we want is just makes me nervous and sad and, um, and a little uneasy. But I think that I imagine it's probably shared by a great many of us. So um, I, I think the best we can do is to pray uh, regardless of the outcome for, um, for peace to prevail in our land. Um, the ancient Christians didn't pray for victory in war. They prayed for hostilities to cease. And that may mean that they lose. Um, and similarly, I think Christians of any political um, stripe can pray that the divisions might cease, even if our, like, quote-unquote, our side doesn't win, um, that we can get back to doing the things that we as Americans 
believe that we're about. I'm not just to talk about it, but to sit down and, and do it. A prayer for an election from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, to whom we must account for our, all our powers and privileges, guide the people of the United States in this election of officials and representatives, that by faithful administration and wise laws, the rights of all may be protected and our nation be enabled to fulfill your purposes. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.